0: Welcome back, folks, to a very special episode of the Udicast, episode 26, The Christmas Spectacular. Um, in honor of this week's show, I'm going to share a little poem with you, a classical piece from Married with Children's Christmas Special. <clears throat> "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, no food was astirin', not even a mouse. Stockings were hung round Dad's neck, like a tie, along with a note that said, presents or die. Children were plodding all night in their beds, while the wife's constant whining was splitting his head. But Dad had money this year in the bank. Then the bank closed up early, and now Dad's in the tank. All of a sudden, Santa appeared, a sneer on his face, booze in his beard. Santa, I said, as he laughed merrily, you do so much for others. Do something for me. Bundy, he said, you only sell shoes. Your son is a sneak thief. Your daughter's a flooze. Ho, ho, Santa said. May I mention your wife? Her hair's like an A-bomb. Her nails, like a knife. He climbed up the chimney, that fat piece of dung. He moved me two times, and he stuck out his tongue. And I heard him exclaim, as he broke wind with glee, you're married with children, and you'll never be free. Merry Christmas.
1: bad. I don't get it. I hate it. It's the worst. It's just so bad. Oh. Let well, me People tell, you, tell me I'm crazy. It's the worst. We've married with Children, I just don't. Uh, something about it, man. I hate it. Uh, Always yeah, have. I know, Kev. You've been telling me for a long time that
0: you dislike Married with Children. However, uh, our guest this week, well, not our guest, but our Co-hosts, again. Surprise, surprise. Unwelcome. Unwelcome. Justice Parkinson, (laughs) a gift
1: that keeps on giving all year round.
2: (laughs) While you were reading
1: that I was looking
2: up uh, Married with Children because there's hundreds of lines that you can use and one of the good ones that I just saw is Behind Every Man is a successful woman who didn't marry Al Bundy.
1: It's <laughs> good. Good. So it's the Christmas episode, guys. Here we are. We find ourselves. Well, it's funny. Actually, I do want to tie Married with Children into this for just a second. Oh, thank God. More. Uh,
0: <laughs> so when I was a kid, there was a Married with Children Christmas special, which is from, mm-hmm. which is what this little poem that mm-hmm. Al did was from. Uh, my dad was a big, big Married and Children fan growing up. Uh, he watched it all the time. I wasn't allowed to watch it, but they watched it at the house. So for Christmas, I, yeah, I know, right. I bought my dad this uh, Married with Children VHS Christmas special. I bought it on VHS and brought it home for him, which I still think is maybe one of the worst presents I've ever gotten for anybody. Um, I watched it like years later, and it has Sam Kinison on it before he died. And it is really aggressively unfunny for a Christmas special.
3: Like it's well, a really there, <laughs>
1: let me tell you what. There's a reason why it's aggressively unfunny, and that's because it's married the children. So, of course, it's aggressively unfunny. Uh, that's their M.O. No, oh, no. I used to,
2: with the VHS, record episodes off syndication. And just load up tapes with Married with
1: Children episodes. Did you live in the woods? Dude,
2: I just love that show. Whatever. Um,
1: I think, but before we go any further, I would like to point out real quick, and you'll probably see this somewhere on our Twitter or Instagram or something, before taping the Christmas episode, uh, Mr. Maiden Utica himself, Justin Parkinson, is here in a full Santa costume yeah. including the boots, the hat, the jacket, the pants. It's its the commitment to the holiday spirit is something else.
2: Don't see it as a commitment to the holiday. This is actually the third time this year I've worn it. Third time since Halloween, as a matter of <laughs> That's fact. That's true. So,
1: That's true. And it's
0: not even Christmas yet. I've uh-huh. already got
2: three three runs out of this I have suit, to tell so. you,
0: I've already taken a photo of him and put it on Instagram. It's good. very good, though. He's, like, sneaking past the frame like he's Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, the Santa costume's pretty great. Did you go to SantaCon with that? No. You I, go to I have Con? two
2: times, yeah. Yeah, you, I have worn this to SantaCon, yes.
0: I don't want to, you know, skip over anything. Overrated,
1: underrated SantaCon as a concept. Uh, I'll I'll say some stuff about SantaCon because SantaCon the registration this year for SantaCon was at Saranac, and so you go it there. It is every, you, every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Well, you, I'd never done it before, and this year because you know I was at the brewery, yeah. I was up in the tavern, and um, everybody had to come in and register. They pay their five dollars. So It was crazy because between noon and like one thirty, we must have put like two hundred Santas through there. Everybody dressed up, and it was nuts. And it was just crazy to see everybody come through because I'd never been a part of it. And there were just so many people, and it was such like a quick, mad dash. We kicked two full kegs of Utica Club. Ooh, we, had to literally, about we, right. we had to pull cans out of the gift shop and serve them to people. Uh-huh. And um, it was nuts to see, but when I went walking down the street later for lunch, it was about 3.30, and the street was pretty bare. It was pretty cold yeah. and pretty windy, but people get started early. There yeah, was a horse on Varick Street. Somebody had a horse that they were letting people climb on top of, yeah, to like take pictures, and they were feeding the He's horse the star shots. Of the show, they brought in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. The horse also blew wait. They were giving all the horse the shots. Yeah, they give the horse shots of liquor. The owners of the horse, though, which I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't drive that horse. I feel good. like I feel like one ounce of liquor is not going to do anything to an eight hundred pound animal. No, I feel like I always see a horse drinking shots
0: on Barrick Street.
2: Ooh. Well yeah, that's a different spelling it wrong. Horse. Horse. Horse horse. Ah. (laughs) And our very first
1: Christmas hot take (laughs) goes to Sam. (laughs) <laughs> all right, um, I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. Get control uh, of this train wreck again. All right, uh, so I'm going to take control of this. Um, Married
2: with Children style. <laughs> uh,
1: so
0: Justin has a list that he wants to share with us, his three beefs of Christmas. And so we're going to get to that in just a moment. But before we do, uh, I want to share something, that a good friend of the podcast, Larry O'Grady, who was uh, in the uh, NYC Comedy Cup there with our friends Chris and Phil and all those guys, and, of course,
1: Josh Daly. And uh, do you remember, remember that girl, Aaron Higgins? Who? Aaron Higgins? I, is this... I, Is that a different I think language? she was there, too. Uh, I think she was there,
0: too. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Josh, in uh, Larry O'Grady, invited me. He sent a free ticket to uh, the Syracuse Funny Bone for Wednesday, December 23rd. They are having a, another stand-up competition. It's going to be really, really cool. Uh, 7 7.30 at the Syracuse Funny Bone. Uh, you can go to SyracuseFunnyBone.com. Looks like it's going to be a really good time. They have an open bar at 6.00. For a comedy event at 7:30, see that's Think the that.
2: yeah. That's if you're how you put, put enjoy, on a comedy
1: yeah. show, you want everybody just get them, get them a little loose, get them yeah. boozed up, get Got them gotta get loose. It's a good idea. Uh, Lower the humor threshold. <laughs> we try and do that every week
0: here on the show. <laughs> and in honor of lowering <laughs> the humor lovely. threshold, here's Justin Parkinson. Here's your chance, Justin. Go ahead and start with your three beefs of Christmas, and me and Kevin are going to tell you
2: why you're wrong. The and Grinch, your here.
1: here comes the Grinch.
2: Yeah. Listen, you guys know that I rarely seek a platform to express my opinions. <laughs> rarely. <laughs> rarely. I thought uh, Okay, got it. This was a unique oh, time. Okay. Consider this your gift to me for allowing me this time on your wonderful show. Great. Does that mean I can give back the thing that I got you that's wrapped under my tree right now? I wouldn't want to after this. Good. Go ahead. Number one. Just gifts in general. I actually wrote these things down. I was so worked up.
4: Yeah.
2: Who to buy for... What to get them, Mm -hmm. where to get it, how long is it going to take to get it? Do I have to order it online? Is it going to ship here in time?
1: Well, you know, all joking aside, you and me have talked about some. Do you want to run through the list and have us give the points, or do you want me to hit you on number one? Yeah, I'll stop after each one. I had a few more things. Um, I've spoken with you before, specifically, and we've had this conversation, all joking and stuff aside, about how sometimes it's a little bit strange in a gift-giving season when people give you stuff and, like, you're very much like me where, like, you don't like to receive things for whatever whatever thing that's broken. I don't inside. want to owe anybody. Whatever thing that's broken inside of us that makes us not want people to be kind to us. And we've talked about this before. That's sort of what comes into it with, like, Christmas is, like, the gifts. And it's, like, I'd feel so bad if somebody got me something and I didn't get them anything. Yep. And it's just a whole endeavor. But I do like giving presents to, like, people that I care See,
2: about. See, and this, this, is, this is my take on it is that it, this thing lasts, like, a freaking month or two. Yeah. You know, this whole nonsense thing. And, like organized people do it even months in advance i'm not like that like i just don't budget money out and when i was telling you guys when i buy something in theory say for my sister if i am in puerto rico on vacation and i see something she would really like i'm not bringing that back waiting six months mm-hmm. and then handing it to her for christmas we're a family who gives things to each other as like if i think of them or they think of me we buy it and we Give it in July 17th. We're also a March family 14th. that goes to
1: Puerto Rico in the middle
2: of the summer. <laughs> well, <whatever. laughs> Point being, but, like, so for me, it's just this ridiculous thing where I feel like I'm, I'm giving and getting all year long and that I get yeah. this unburdened stress to be like, oh, my God, you know, what 20 people, who am I leaving? You know, all that type of stuff. How am I going to get there? How much money am I going to spend? What's the traffic like? All of it. Do I have to order Prime for the month? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's nonsense. I think, uh, and this... You know,
0: I'm one of those people, along with you guys, I have a hard time receiving gifts. I I don't really feel comfortable taking them sometimes. Well, I want people to think that. In reality, I like to receive gifts because who doesn't like a free gift? But, like, the perception that I give off people is I prefer... I'd much rather gi- like to give people a gift than receive one. That's actually true because I do enjoy buying gifts for people. That being said, I kind of understand what you're saying. How much is too much, right? Mm-hmm. I have... Two nieces, two nephews, two sisters, both of them are married. I have three parents. I have five aunts. I have two living grandparents, and I have literally infinite symbol number of cousins. Right? There's if I don't make a definitive stand from where I'm cutting off presents to give, <laughs> yeah. it could go on forever. Christmas ruins me. I'm horrified, horrified to look at my bank statement. I won't even look at it until you pay it again. Like I'm just going to assume I have enough money to get till the next paycheck. Yeah. that's really mm-hmm. it's and it stressed me out like considerably. That being said, my shopping's all done and now I do have this feeling of like I can't wait to give these gifts to all the people who I just struggled and strained and spent all my money on to give these gifts for because yeah. then they can see at least a little bit how much I appreciate the stuff they do for them all year long. Which is why even though you are a horrible, terrible human being, <laughs> I got you, I got you a Christmas gift because you're my buddy. I don't expect you to get me a Christmas gift, but you were important to me this year. I came back. I made a friend. I didn't have to. I came back in May. You could have been like, who's this jerk?
2: Use the word friend loosely. or We're recording. That's true. This is on the record. (laughs) You didn't have to
0: be be my friend. No real talk when I came back. I was just some random guy. You didn't know me. I was Kevin's buddy. But you accepted me in as your buddy, and now we're
2: whatever made you crew looking to squad deep replace <laughs> squad you know, deep, looking hey. to replace Kevin I went right to the source that's but. fine <laughs> that's good because then Cliff came and moved with you yes
1: them all up. all right true. what's number two on your no, list so, yeah, number on. two yeah. Number two, Move on to my. I think this should be the part of the show where we like, warn everybody we're going long yeah, it's going long strap in it's going to be long I need a soundboard for the show Really, number two Santa's
2: fake that's about all I'm going to leave it at stop writing songs about him Letters with the stuff you want. Or Who are
1: you even talking to?
2: Stop singing. Oh. Listen, listen. It doesn't matter. This was my premise that I wrote on there. Mm. That in the end, it doesn't actually matter if you're not or you're nice because it actually doesn't. You can be a terrible, Bro, you terrible know. person. You know, and some Hang fake on. person's going to give on. you something to be that person. Bro,
1: you understand that that Santa Claus is for little children. <laughs> 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 like so, you're just saying like kids forget,
2: don't use iTunes and download the show.
1: T- uh, sorry, kids, he's fake. Go on. No, no, no. I'm. that's. I understand. You know, he's fake. Whatever. That's fine. But like, I'm saying, Santa Claus is is a concept for little kids. It's not a concept for like, oh, you should be naughty or nice because you're 30 years old, and if you're naughty, you're not going to get a magical president and your unclean chimney. You can't day. just assume. I've seen since I was a child. You're
0: wearing a Santa Claus outfit
1: right now. Yeah, literally. That's how as easy? easy. <laughs> That's how easy
2: it is to be him <laughs> because he's not real. This is my yeah. loose interpretation of oh. what someone looks like who doesn't exist. I like, throw this out here at you, okay? I look pretty good.
0: Take a shot, folks. <laughs> when I was living in New York, I spent one Christmas. Stuck in New York one Christmas, I didn't come home till the day after.
1: That seems like some like romantic Christmas. Yeah, it sounds like a movie. I'm stuck it? in New York. New York for Christmas. You were right? supposed to Ryan meet Gosselin, your soulmate there. Ryan
2: Gosling's playing Sam in this scenario. Go ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't meet my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Teague. It was so uh, no, but I woke up on Christmas morning knowing that it was just gonna be me at the house. I went out to the kitchen and on the table, on an open pack of Haribo Gold Bears. Who put it there? I didn't put it in there. No one was home. You don't, that, you don't think that you think Santa stopped I think in your so own, I was having
3: a tough
2: time? I so you own, hair own hair self-pity hair. you blacked out. <laughs> I <laughs> think, pretended that Santa was coming so you wouldn't feel so miserable. I think Because under, you drank all your booze the day before and you had nothing left. But that's the point, man. The it's a placebo. <laughs> think about how excited you were when you were a kid, thinking about when the I'm, idea I'm, of Santa Claus. You weren't? Yeah. Santa put that bike in my bathtub so I wouldn't see it for like six months. Get out of here. <laughs>
1: Jesus. There's no magic left in your life. There? <laughs> oh, There's nothing left. This is quickly becoming the most depressing holiday conversation. What is right? depressing? <laughs> You're worth it. What happened to you when you were a kid? How does he I make all I'll those you a in one <laughs> night?
2: Even with time zones, it's impossible. Number three. Go ahead. I feel like this, this is going to get worse. This is this one's a little bit aggressive. Oh, no. <laughs> the other one's were. <laughs> Compared to the other two? <laughs> yeah. I am not a supporter of the religious undertones. I'm not going to delve into it too much, but... uh. I'm a big believer in keeping separate and incorporating everybody all the time. And I think that uh, this month-long, two-month-long celebration really just kind of uh, puts people like me who aren't necessarily leading the ways that this
1: holiday represents in an awkward position. Well, back to two and number one. I think you make an interesting point when you say um, what this holiday represents. And you like to hear a lot of people like the reason for the season. And somebody went to Catholic school, you know, you're very much ingrained. It's, you know, Jesus's birthday and this and the thing. Um, anybody, I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm not going to delve into it too much either. Religion is one of those things we sort of stay away from mm. on the show for mm-hmm. the most part because it's a real hot button. It should be the people. And me. Uh, <laughs> sure. For all, all of us. We've all got some hot takes. And we and do me. a whole show. I encourage anybody who is curious about the religion of the season or Jesus is the reason for the season or the whole uh, Christian Christmas story, just fire up your smartphone. Google the ancient Roman festival of Saturnalius. And if you don't see some parallels, if you don't see note-for-note note plagiaristic parallels between what we call Christmas, like it was an original thing, they rebranded a pagan holiday. And it was taught a certain way, but, you know, there's, it's all, that's yeah, that's something you should read about yeah. that, because well, it's interesting. It's funny, this hatred that.
2: for uh, my Christmas things has been festering for a while, but actually my views of that have been shared by others including Puritans, dating back to the 1660s. I did some research. Oh, where really? They actually tried to take all of those aspects so, out of religion. So this has been something... This is not a war on Christianity today, PC-friendly, like, uh, super politically correct. Like, this has been a battle for a few hundred years where a lot of people from the 1660s to 2015 it's felt uncomfortable weird. with the tones pushed on you during this holiday. Uh, let, me, let me throw so, this out here. Uh, so Christmas
0: really... Yeah, there's a, a billion layers to how people consume Christmas as a concept. And I don't mean Christmas, the actual holiday, December 25th. I mean, like, the, the whole encompassing holiday season, right? right? There are people who care only... like I, My mom is, is religious, right? I guess. She goes to church. I don't mm-hmm. know how religious she necessarily is. I don't really go to church anymore. Christmas doesn't mean anything secular in my house. It is a time when my family chooses that this is the time when my entire family is going to be together. It could be on any holiday, theoretically. We could just pick any holiday and have this time where we all spend each other. But now, it's not even religious. It's, oh, the family from Chicago's here. The family from Florida's here. The extended family is all here. This becomes a bigger thing than just, oh, one day to give gifts. It's like, let's get
2: off That's what thing. it's been marketed and commercialized to you know, be for. No, it's my no, reality. No, no,
1: but, no, but you yeah, yeah, that's about. I'm going to piggyback on that. I'm going to agree with you because... You know we can get into commercial commercialization for the holiday and really bring the whole spirit all the way crashing down in the first you know twenty minutes here, but I'm going to pick you back on this and I'm just going to say that like, um, that that is how it's marketed, but that is also what it is and what it generally tends to be. I like the idea that there's a certain time of the year where you make a point to get together with your family and think about the people you care about and take some time to spend with them. Like I know even myself when I went shopping for Christmas gifts for people, everything I got for somebody. You know, really made me sit and think, like, what do I think this person really appreciate? You know, what's a little token I can give them to be, you know, just something nice mm-hmm. at the time? I like what Christmas represents in that aspect, the time that, you know, some of my greatest memories from growing up were, you know, Christmas Eve at my grandparents' house and different Christmas things and traditions. I love that aspect of it. But, yeah, as far as the religiousness of it goes, like, I've got no cares. or. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it for me, too, is, is just on the final thing with this is that
2: I've always been big on... I think my birthday is like Christmas. I treat that thing like it's Christmas every single year because why am I celebrating some other dude I've never met's birthday? That's like that's who's crashing that party. That's real weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I think my birthday should be treated so festive, and that is basically Christmas. Oh God! And take your own tones for how I compare myself, but I'm just saying that Christmas is something I feel like I'm forced into all year for these three reasons that I am just not a fan.
1: But is it so bad? Is yes. Christmas is Christmas so yes. you, you don't you have you don't
2: enjoy Christmas? Just, I'm I'm not really. No. It's okay. more of a chore, dude. honest to god, it's, it's something I that I just that. can't I can't wait to get out. I hate when it starts, when it's over. I'm the happiest per- I'm happier on the 26th. Jesus, I can't oh, wait. Oh, that's the maximum Bro, look, amount I, of time. I will be
0: dancing <laughs> in the streets. Like, I love Christmas. But don't get me wrong, I love the 26th, too, because the 26th is, like, come down day. That's just the day when I'm going to watch soccer all day and look at all the new stuff I just got well, right? and it is on my Chromecast, which The older I'm getting for Christmas from my
1: mom. You, I think Christmas gets tougher as you get older, too, because there is much more responsibility. Like Sam, you talked about you got nieces and nephews. Yep. And you, your family's expanding. Yep. And, you know, you get, you get older, you have to balance out, you know, budgets and money. That yeah, sucks. And you've got to figure out, you know, what time you're doing for work, travel time, and also the fact as you get older, you know, this is something I've talked about, certain members of my family and certain friends that are in, like, real serious relationships or married or engaged or whatever, it starts becoming a chore to logistically figure out, okay, on Christmas Day, how are we going to get to your grandma's and my grandpa's and, you know, this aunt's and that uncle's and this person, we got to stop all these places, that it really is, they say it's the most stressful time of the year and they're not wrong. I wanted to end, but I actually haven't thought of an interesting point that I want to bring up with you guys before we go to break.
0: My sister, every year since her kids have been born, her kids are um, getting up to about 7 and 11 ish now in that it range, okay? Mm. Every year they've had Christmas at my mom's house, their grandmother's house. Yeah. I always thought at some point in time that my sister would want to just be like, no, we're having Christmas in Chicago mm-hmm. so that my kids can wake up in the morning and have, like, Santa at their house.
2: Yeah, how the hell did he get over to her think it's a yeah, from well, Chicago. I think I think it's, it's just magic, Justin. It's unbelievable. Um...
0: But it was interesting cuz like now it seems like on the other side where you know my niece is sort of in the know now she's yeah. 11 she's got a cell phone my nephew's just starting to come around starting to come around it now it is just an excuse to come see grandma right now it's come full circle where it doesn't matter that he doesn't wake up their house anymore for christmas there because christmas is Waking up at grandma's with my whole family here. Yeah, so, yeah see,
2: Christmas gets the fair um, token of appreciation and nostalgia and blah blah blah. My, just be
1: good to each other 365 uh, days a year. Why don't you be good to somebody yeah, sometime? Be good any day, no, no, just yeah. one day. Of there your was life. one. There was one thing that I wanted to say because I know you were just about to cut it again, but you just you made this point. And I was thinking about it. Hands on the button. You, yeah, your hand was literally <laughs> on the button. I just stopped and Extended the segment. Overtime, baby. Um... <laughs> You were talking about how, like, your nieces and nephews are at your mom's house, so they're at grandma's every year for Christmas, and I think another thing that makes Christmas weird when you get older is you get so into these traditions when you're young, like, you always go to, like, your grandparents' house, and as you get older, you learn the reality that, you know, you lose people. Yeah. And people go away, and I think Christmas can become, like, I know Christmas for th- me this year has been weird, because like in the last year, you know, losing different family members and stuff, you look at it now, and all these traditions, yeah. and you know, my grandparents passed away, you know, five, six years ago, at peace and stuff, and I think that's another thing that makes Christmas so stressful, is like, on top of all this other stuff you have to do, you can't help but be reminded of every close loss you've ever had in your life at this really cathartic time, yeah. and I think that's something that gets adults jaded against Christmas as well. Well, oh, and I don't know about you, but with your family, my family's always had soccer
0: mentality when it comes to like passing away. Like if someone goes, next one up. Next all right, someone's got yeah. <laughs> to be the guy. Bill right? Belichick. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with a little more. I got some less miserable Christmas segments coming up after this. <laughs> Jeez, just put this whole thing on hard start.
4: Oh. start, oh. start oh. <laughs>
0: brought me down i'm glad that christmas music brought me back up you really brought me down with that segment parkinson
2: i gotta tell you good merry christmas <laughs> well in, in, the,
1: in, <laughs> <Humbug>. yeah, <laughs> in the grand tradition of christmas i suppose that we drink now, let's do it ah, mine salute. was already open because i've been drinking all day thinking about christmas tell you had that good oh
0: my god uh so this was a question that was presented to us in an email last week by a uh, good friend of the show jeremy williams Uh, And this is a question that I thought uh, is interesting because we talked about it in the house and we had differing opinions. When Santa Claus leaves you presents as a kid, are they wrapped
1: or are they unwrapped? Kevin, go. I I don't understand what kind of dirt broke savages are not wrapping (laughs) all the presents underneath the tree. Like, there was never anything unwrapped with the exception of, like, you know, like a bike or a scooter or something literally physically, like, unwrappable. Everything's wrapped. If it's from Santa, it's wrapped and if it's from your parents, it's wrapped. And all the handwriting is your mom's handwriting, sure. But yeah, yeah, they wrap everything. Wrap absolutely everything all you the wrap time. Wrap everything. Yeah. yeah.
2: What's the point? Just put it out on the 21st yeah. then when you buy it. What's, that, what's yeah, the point? You know what it I mean? make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. You tear, Mark, is that my Tearing name? the no, paper is your like dance. the experience. <laughs> like, here's this
0: box. What could it be? Yeah. The idea that... To me as a kid, the idea that the elves and Santa not only made the toys and delivered them but also wrapped them for you seemed like overkill. So what would happen was my parents would have wrapped gifts under the tree. Those are the family gifts. But when Santa Claus leaves you presents, they are out in the open, in front of the fireplace. So when you come downstairs in the morning, there's all your swag right in front of you to see. You're like, oh my God! It's a Godzilla toy and a wrestling ring and
1: too like- much stimuli. It's like throwing out twenty tennis balls in front of a golden retriever. Like you don't even know yeah. what to look at. It's too much. The the piece-by-piece piece building of unwrapping all the different loot and everything like that that you get, that's that's the move. That just
2: makes this fake Santa Claus look lazy is that he
1: can't even get yeah, yeah. your gifts. Well, he's, he's got stuff me. to do.
2: he's very busy. <laughs> it
1: is his <laughs> only he's, day of the year.
2: take his time out. He's got, he's got
1: 364 days to execute, and he's got the strongest labor union in the history yeah, of not sure settled humans.
2: There's gotta <laughs> be trends for, like, 11-year-olds where you can bang out, like, 70% just based on trends, right? You know what I mean? So, like, how labor is that he can just if he's doing good analytical research, he's just efficient.
1: <laughs> so you say, say, you say Santa presents go unwrapped. I say they go wrapped. Parkinson, what do you think? You have to wrap them. Have you to have wrap to absolutely.
4: wrap
0: them. Thank yeah. you. So I guess my question is, am I like in the minority here? Is it more common? For everybody? Yeah, who, I feel bad. For yeah, you. yeah, man. I've been like I yeah, never thought. Man, I never in my childhood.
2: I, I gotta
1: tell bit. you, I've I've never really heard of that. Really, I've never really heard of oh, that. Yeah, I have to talk to Angela about this. Yeah, that's a strange up. thing. Yeah, yeah we or... shouldn't really come down so hard on Santa. That might
2: just be a mom. That's
1: I a remember thing. It just opened up an internal issue. Of yeah, this childhood. So. <laughs> I remember when I was a little kid, uh, my aunt Margaret had six kids, right? And so there's obviously tons of presents and was little. Because like when you're little, when you're older, you get like a couple small presents that are like you know quote unquote bigger stuff. Yeah, things that are a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. When you're kids, they just chuck all these cheap toys at you. And I remember she would wrap all of her presents just for pure cost reasons. She would save the comics all year round and she would wrap everybody's presents in the comics from the newspaper, mm-hmm. from the Sunday comics. And I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. And maybe. even Santa did the same thing at their house. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. He, Santa's he the, the, the comics. My mom actually,
2: we still do it now as a 30-year-old male adult who eats Christmas. She'll throw the gifts to me, like toss them, and I try to just shred them before they hit the ground. Almost like an animal. <laughs> And it gives me, like, the satisfaction. The whole picture is starting Dude. to come together. I mean, tons of presents, too. And I was like, you spent all this time wrapping these, and I'm just, like, batting them out of the air like a dog, you know? It's, it's pretty incredible. So She I would, doesn't throw the expensive stuff. So, I don't know if there's a kosher way to say this. Kosher. Ironic that we use the Jewish <laughs> word. Uh, Ooh, too
0: predominantly <laughs> christmas Eve episode. Um, no, I don't know how to put this lightly, except that, like, um, in the... In the late 80s and the early 90s, when I was really in the prime of Christmas gifts as a kid, that, mm-hmm. like, you know, three, th- two through six, seven range, right? Which is probably older when we were young because we didn't have the internet to ruin Christmas for us yeah. the way that our... You just had your friends you know, in third grade. Yeah. thanks, Joey um I was pretty spoiled. Like, my dad had a lot of disposable income and and, like, pastel shirts and a... Handlebar mustache In that era So you know Make your own picture Out of it <laughs> A
1: lot of undeclared cash yeah, That of, needed to be Cycled into the system A lot <laughs> of
0: disposable. So it's funny Because I remember Getting presents As a kid That were just Outrageous Just the most Outrageous And things I would Never play with Ever again Like I, I This is a real story My dad Got a whole full size like Fisher Price train set like you would have outside of your house if you had tons of money and set it up in the living room so that you know, when I walked in the full size train was going around the living room with like presents in the seats. Like I was like would this oh, so this is just what Christmas is like, huh? Just like a toy store in your house every year. Um and then my parents got divorced and then I learned what real Christmas is about, which it's just like here's one gift and if you don't like it take it back and pick something else out.
2: Because I'm not getting you anything else. Yeah, when your parents start leaving, the, tell uh, your father the, to tag, his alimony, the so tags on do the clothes it. so you can bring them back.
1: Then you're yeah. like,
2: oh man, this is just not good. Dude, I remember
1: anymore. when I was like, once you hit that weird teenage age where people don't really know what to get, you know, p- parents don't really know what to get for their kids anymore. And we talked about it with like the Toys for Teens thing and everything. It's a tough age group to buy for. And I remember every year, every year until I had to tell them just stop. Like, six, seven straight years running, my dad would always get me some clothes. He'd get me, like, some different shirts, T-shirts, like, button-down shirts, different things like that. And, and you know, God love the guy. He always, he tried real hard, and he did such a great job by us and everything. But he gave me, every single year without fail, like, the worst stuff. And it was like, you could tell he was trying, but I'm like, this is the worst shirt that I've, I'm never gonna wear this yeah. shirt. Like I've just got to get rid of it. It's funny. It's a strange thing to try to try to start buying for that age once you get to that yeah. point, and like you have to start like, especially when it comes to clothes. It's funny to see parents like this seems like she, the type of thing you'd be doing. Yeah, my sister is completely different. Where she'll
2: she will bring that stuff back, no problem. Get mm-hmm. what she wants. Mm-hmm. I have pants, t-shirts. I, I can't. I ornaments that I hung on the tree for the first time. Like I get every single year. Just stuff that my mom gives me. I've always had a things. like if if she buys it for me. I will never return it. I was the same way. she
1: thought enough of me. My dad
2: would would always tell me.
1: My dad would always tell me. He's like, I've got the receipts. He's like, you know, we can return it if there's something you don't like, something you don't fit. I could never be like, dude, I hate this shirt. I'm never Mm going to wear it. But, like, it was the truth. But I would just feel so terrible and ungrateful to say that. Guys, let me tell you. I've been in this boat
0: before. And it's been happening for years. Why do you think I own legitimately... 25 crew neck sweaters that I've never worn that I'll never ever wear because I don't wear crew neck sweaters I
2: thought it's because you moved back from New York City and it's not in up here no 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 no, no.
0: it wasn't in down there either it was, it was never in anywhere it's well, crew it's all- <laughs> it strangles your throat it's on the point. Uh, let's move on because so the, the point as
2: suffocating make, is Christmas the point
0: is after years and years of getting tons of clothes <clears> that I wasn't going to wear I finally two years ago put put the stop on it to my mom my mom said what do you want I think you have some clothes and I said alright Every year Listen. I tell you, pick out what you want. This year, Henleys, flannels, hoodies. Don't buy me anything else. If you're gonna buy me clothes, buy me one of those items, or just give me a gift card because those are the only three things you're gonna buy me that I'm not gonna return.
1: If you bring me a neck sweater, and people I'm taking say it back. people say gift cards are impersonal, but like <laughs> <No>. realistically, <laughs> that's 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 what my dad would like started to do. You know, my stepmom, they'd give me like gift cards to clothing stores that they know I like. They'd just give them a list of a couple yeah. stores I liked. And it wasn't impersonal. It didn't make me feel like, oh, they don't care about me because they got me a gift card. It made me feel like, oh, cool. Here's, you know, X amount of money that I don't have to spend out of pocket to get some new clothes that I like yeah, and I'm going right. to wear. You know what I mean? Hot take. Gift cards are the worst gift that you can give anybody. <sighs> it's thoughtless
2: and they're wasteful outside of Kevin's context because they can't buy good clothes for him. Don't do it to other people. You know, Put some f- thought in it. Buy me something shitty. You know who gets gift
0: cards is, like, free... Well, not gift cards. I'll give people restaurant gift cards, right? Like, I'll go to a restaurant and be like, give me $50 of Encore gift cards. I think that's different. that's different, yeah. My
2: uncle gave me no, no. $25 Applebee gift cards well, last that's... year. I was like, well, thanks, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? See you next year. No, no. Well, something
1: like that. Uh, those, the, those also work at the bar at Applebee's. <laughs> well, they did work no, at but the, I
3: have card in my wallet I'll never use. <laughs> no, yeah. but s-
1: stuff like that. Restaurant gift certificates I actually do kind of like because it's not like, hey, here's... 50 bucks to go to you know barnes and noble or whatever and pick yourself something out and have time to think about what you might like with restaurants you're like hey Here's 50 bucks for you to take and go and have a nice meal, enjoy a nice night yeah. out. You know what I mean? Because it's not like, you know, you're going to be like, instead of saying, oh, I got you a gift card to, you know, Bella Regina, you're like, oh, I got you some veal scallopini. Here yeah. it is. In <laughs> a restaurant, you have to do yeah. gift cards. So I think that's nice to be able to, like, treat somebody to a nice night yeah. out if you're not going to take I'm them. I'm a fan out.
2: of the, the price. We, we uh, a place I worked at before did. Um, Gift cards to a price shopper, to employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was solid. That's a good move to give.
1: That, that's I think that's also Groceries. I love practical gifts. Practical gifts. Give me a right. practical gift. That's fine. Yeah. Like as much as I like nice, like thoughtful, you know, like special gifts, maybe it's just by function of age, maybe it's by function of, you know, I, I, whatever it might be. Practical gifts is great. Great way to go. Mm. See, I got a lot of people soap this year. Practical gift. You all smell.
0: Here's some soap. You just rude like <laughs> yeah, I didn't say who I got it for. Jerk. Don't say it. Uh, I'm I mean, going to s- say it. I want to make a point, though, because uh, we do this in my family, and I'll get to it after I ask you guys. Is there, like, repeated gifts that you expect to get every
1: year? You have, like, traditional gifts that you will always get? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I got... I, I have. There's only one thing that comes to my mind very immediately. I would always end up with, like, a Barnes & Noble gift card or something like that. Because, yeah. You know, it's like books and stuff, but traditionally, and, you know, my brother listens to the show, and he'll be on as a guest because he was one of the top donors. Yes, he will. Um... Every year Every single year My Aunt Maureen Who we lost this year We'd go to our house On Christmas morning And she would get Everybody the same gift Every year She would get all the boys The same gift And get all the girls The same gift And I don't remember What stuff she got For the girls Like something like You know Like pajama pants Or maybe a hood Or something like that But every year She would get the boys A pair of gloves And I guess she got Later in life And got retired And was living off Basically social security You know She would always She would say it In sort of like A aw shucks Kind of way Where she's like Yeah you don't have A bunch of money And I'd just say, Haha, it's gloves again. But it became this recurring thing, and I can't tell you how many times in the winter, I'm not responsible enough of an adult to buy my own gloves, yep. so, I can't tell you how many times I'm trying to brush off just enough of my car to see enough to drive. Those Possibly gloves have ever gotten and yeah. it became like a big thing every year that we would all laugh about, and I could count on that to have gloves yeah. in my car. refuse to buy them all year, year, year long, they're coming. And they would just be like basic gloves from Walgreens or whatever, but that was something yeah. I expected. Every Mine's, uh,
2: my mom does a toothbrush every year, oh. um, just it's always in her stocking, and then she buys me a Christmas ornament every single day. Familiar. just probably for one day the hope that I will hang him on a tree and not be so resentful of the holiday I can always expect well food's different right I can always generally
0: expect uh turkey joints somewhere along the way yeah uh, from somebody it's a good gift why who's mad at you you well, don't like your joints? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I can usually expect, my mom knows. They're that, okay, but they're not as good as that joke. Go uh, ahead, uh, <laughs> And I can always expect from my mom, this is maybe not French one, is the Cadbury little
2: uh, chocolate mm-hmm. eggs with the candy oh. coating
1: you know oh, what I'm talking man, about. Yeah.
2: You don't like those either? No,
1: no. I'm you know not how not bad Christmas, Christmas
2: bad. sounds at your house? A half oh, no, presents They Gregory turn, they turn really... his
1: entire house into a toy store and shower him with love well, and that part was alright. <laughs> <interest. laughs> my my mother's house I put a picture of
0: my mother's house on the Ucast Instagram, mm. which you can go see, like her Christmas tree, and just in that one
1: sliver of house There's more decoration than there is. your, your Your mom's house is really like a I don't I don't know what the right term is. Winter Wonderland. Your mom your your mom's house, yeah, but not even like because all year round, whether it's summer, no matter what it is, your mother's house is like a it's like a postcard, like a living advertisement or something out of a movie or it looks like a test home. It like gets so thoroughly well curated and decorated and thoughtfully put together for every like turn it. of the season. It's like, oh, it's flag day. So my whole kitchen's covered in little flag. Women, well, stuff. women you, where, you know, she's a first oh, grade no, teacher. <laughs> it's, it's the first grade teacher thing. It's definitely she has first grade teacher
0: mentality where every month is a different decoration because that's how little kids associate months. Right. That's so i never thought about that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Does she yeah.
2: give you a star when you finish your dinner?
0: No, no, she wasn't like that, but like, even for, like, we, we decorate the house for Valentine's Day, just because we, just because she had all sorts of heart decorations, like, Mm. we did, we just, she just always was like that, and I, you know, I do think from a teaching mentality it made sense, like, even from a little aspect, like, if you went to her classroom as a kid, they had a calendar on the wall, and every day of the... Like, when they cover up a day, they'd put, like, if in January, every day they'd cover up was a snowflake. Yeah. Just little stuff like that, and keeps kids, like, engaged. That's, we're way off topic. <laughs> uh, Been off topic. Of it no, uh, it's mom, the Christmas episode. Yeah. It's on topic. My <laughs> mom does one, we have one Christmas tradition my mom does every year. And this is uh, once the kids have gone to bed, and I've taken a bite of Santa's cookies before he gets there. And drank half. You of his eat milk. you. Oh my god! I'm a
1: terrible human
2: being. You eat his ah. cookies, drink his milk. That's why it doesn't wrap your presents. It's like, why. Go, it on, go on. I like you how think,
1: you spent the whole first segment so screaming so, about how Santa's yeah. not a real thing, and now you're out here like Santa's lawyer. Yeah, we're like, like that's <laughs> egregious, <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, you you uh, can either be or not K-fabe. You
0: can't go back and forth. This is um, segment
2: two. I'm feeling good. It's The reality.
0: So so once the kids go to bed, and it'll usually be me, my sisters, the husbands. um... My mom, my stepdad. My mom buys us pajamas. That's so them. nice that your husband makes time for you. He does. He's <laughs> my mom buys everybody, all the men and all the women, pajamas, like every single year, like matching pajamas. Now it's a little bit corny.
1: I I get that, but for her, it's really like her favorite part of Christmas. That's. That, you know, like, I think that's that. You really touched on something too. That's what a lot of it is. Like that's a that's a nice tradition for you guys. I yeah. actually didn't know that. I know your family like relatively well. I think yeah. I never knew that. But that's a nice thing to keep going. But there's a lot of stuff that you do you know, Christmas wise. Like it's like I said, it's about being good to your family and you know, everybody's got their different needs, and their different desires from Christmas. And, you know, for somebody like in your mom's shoes who, you know, raised all these kids that turned out, you know, turned out good and they're all like, you know, grown adults, you know, with you know, families of their own, kids of their own, lives of their uh, own, of stuff three. like that. <laughs> you know. I wasn't I wasn't gonna
0: yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but, like, so it's, and, you know, that's something like for little kids, you give them the Santa illusion. Yeah. You give them the presents and you make them come down and have that endorphin rush of Christmas morning. And for the older members of your family, you give them the stuff like that, the time to remember when they had the yeah. little kids like that. See, that's what it is. And like, that tradition of repetition and just were, getting everybody together is the biggest, it's the yeah. point. We're what in what I mean? Christmas
2: purgatory, I think, as mid 20, 30 year olds and what stuff like Who that. How's so still in either... their mid 20s here? And
1: no, I'm, I'm saying, I think our,
2: a generational, like, you could hit this Uh-oh. age group where you're not. Quite a kid anymore, so you don't appreciate You're not a parent where you like seeing those type of things. So, honestly, I'll take my mom's traditions, probably move them forward, and I'll probably get the joy again when I see the, the younger people. I think oh, I'm just sure, stuck. If, in you, this, if you, and ever, and, you yeah, know, one day I know, or get,
1: I know deals, you, so. you and me are similar enough people. One of the reasons we're friends, we're like outside of like our, you know, tough. Use
2: friends loosely, as I told Sam. This is on the record. Whatever, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. I don't want to get invited later on. Um, no, but you know, for for as much as like you know, we're like sort of you know we break balls and like mm-hmm. we're, you know sort of we're not super like emotive people. Yeah, I know both you and I well enough to know that like should we ever have some. Woman trick us into marrying her <laughs> and like having kids. Dude, the second I have kids, I'm done. Yeah, I'll like, oh, on I'm done. I'm be gonna be I'm that. gonna be such a sap for any future kids. Even if like my brother and sister have kids, I'm just I'm shot. Yeah. There's no way. No, nah, once once little kids are in your life, it makes yeah. it, it changes a lot. Of you way. mean
2: it gets worse from here? You
3: you add <laughs> much worse, to it It's it
0: much, much worse from here. Uh, <laughs> no, Mike, and I'll, I'll just share this one. This isn't quite as whimsical as my mom's Christmas tradition every year for my old man. Old tradition. man's ammo. tradition. I can expect. Some sort of food wrapped
1: with money, like,
4: I, like, like I, he, I,
0: wait, does he
1: literally wrap the food up in money? No, no, like, so, so, like, last year, I'm picturing got, your dad laying out ones and rolling up like a brujol. He's yeah. like rolling up a brujol.
4: So, somehow,
1: somehow, it's worse than
0: that, right? So, what you what I got like a year ago was a like a two foot pepperoni. And when I unwrapped it, there was like a hundred dollar bill wrapped around half of
1: it, right? Like it was like a big cigar. See, I feel like that's a big—that's a big risk, though, because what if you just like <laughs> tear off the, the paper? paper right, and right, you yeah. missed the I thought about
0: that. What do
1: I do? <laughs> he's like, hey, and then then for the rest, of like the next couple months, you have no context. He's like, hey, you know, hey, Sammy, like, yeah, hey, how about that mm. gift I gave in your head? You're like, if you really gone that far off the deep end, bro, it's a stick of pepper. Yeah, it's, you never even
2: <laughs> saw the hundred
1: dollar He's like, why is he more grateful? There was a hundred dollars. I don't get it. <laughs>
0: only memory that i have of
1: that gift is that my wallet smelled like pepperoni <laughs> <laughs> and, you
4: know
2: what
1: that's the trick if you're trying to gift give to you know people who are in like their late 20s early 30s man just give cash cash and food just man. cash and you food.
2: Know, and appreciate tough. please appreciate single fathers on christmas uh oh. that's a very i think all three of us can speak on this, this are is a you very going on the
1: record around. yeah to talk about your child <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> is that one other gift i gotta buy <laughs> justin doesn't have a child all and if i did he's getting no presents Are Are we, so what do we have anything for this segment should we jump into the interview this this poor kid from the signal he's such a nice guy i got to meet him yeah, this I weekend know. we buried his and interview. he's totally squeezed into the just raucous <laughs> christmas episode
0: and and it could be the best or
2: worst thing that he's ever done let, let me f-
0: apologize in advance to john howard uh who
1: was a really, really fascinating He could smart. not have been nicer. He came in the day of SantaCon. Um, yeah. I saw him at the brewery. Later on he was there on assignment, um, following a couple guys, one of them who happened to be my uh uncle in law, or my step uncle my a guy, you know. My stepmom's brother. Yeah. Whatever you call that guy. Mm-hmm. And he was there, he was following these guys around uh while they were going on like their Saturday day Italian tour of Utica, like they went to Politary Joe's in the morning, they went here, they went there, and this and that. He was doing kind of a story following them around. These are all guys that have lived here forever, and I met him, and he came up to me and like, hey, you know, you're from the Uticast." I'm like, yeah, and I'm, all, I'm still, I'm taking aback whenever <laughs> anybody's like, hey, I know what that is when you yell at the laptop every Monday <laughs> yeah. and he was like yeah I'm from The Signal I was just on and yeah. I was like oh that's so good he could not have been more gracious and yeah. more patient with his highly drunk subjects of his interview and project good guy they're really doing nice cool. guy they're doing cool stuff that's all That I think the interview will probably
2: say go do. so, uh, he's doing good stuff it's he's great. doing really good stuff and I got to talk to him for a long time about
0: how they got started and where he came from he's got a film background so we get a little bit into that really cool guy and uh, here he is we'll be back after the interview
4: start started to snow and you said set-
0: You marveling at our technologically yeah, savvy good. That's
5: good. That's studio.
0: Good <laughs> I love when people come in and they're totally thrown off by how minimal our, yeah. <laughs> our set design is. No,
5: it's good. I mean, um, it's, just, it's it's about the conversation, right? It is, uh, and that's actually. I'm glad you. That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it, man. Yeah. That's
0: real nice, John Howard from the Signal. Uh, we can follow you on Twitter at We Are the Signal.
5: Yep, Great We way. Are the Signal. We're on Instagram, Facebook.
0: John, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, Thanks for having. me. Now, i got to tell you, from my end, I became aware of The Signal on Twitter uh, just through uh, – I know you guys had promoted us a little bit here and there, which thank you very much. We didn't yeah. we didn't reach out for you to do it, and you just did it, which is really cool, you guys. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while before I learned from some other people that it was originally the Clinton Courier and had now become The Signal. So that was an interesting uh, sidebar to me. And you guys started – you guys changed over – to the signal on October 12th of this year, yep, on Columbus Day, yep, when we were busy bashing Columbus Day as a holiday here, yeah, the- <laughs> yeah it's got a lot of flack for that. Um, but you were also working for the courier initially, too, right? Like, were you working with the courier before you,
5: yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, my wife and I bought it, um, two so kind of basically about two years before we did this transition, oh, really, uh, and ran it, uh, for two years, and then, uh, in October, we did. Did the transition. Why did you decide to, uh, to change the name? Um, because we, you know, it's, there was um, a whole, I guess there's a lot of reasons okay. <laughs> um, to kind of summarize it. It's basically, I mean, we, we saw this as being a new vision, mm-hmm. a new approach, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of a more modern take on local news. We also wanted to uh, expand our coverage beyond – because the Clinton Courier newspaper was just Clinton stuff. Right. Uh, So we wanted to expand our coverage. So, you know, we saw this kind of as a rebirth. So, you know, the new name came with that. It was actually interesting because the name it came from – that was the original name of the Clinton Courier newspaper. Oh, the single? Yeah. Oh, really? For like a couple years before it became the Clinton Courier way back when. It had a bunch of different names over its – now, you're a Clinton guy,
0: born and bred, mm-hmm. yes? Yep. Um But you had mentioned that you went to college at RIT. Yep. Um,
5: we both did, yeah. You that's both did. That's anyway, where that. yeah.
0: Uh, what's your wife's name? I don't know Oh, uh, Emily. Emily. Yeah, so you and Emily are the would you call yourselves the owners the head writers yeah the yeah editors? <laughs> i don't know what the term is
5: for we uh, well so she's the publisher and i'm the editor
0: publisher and editor. Yeah. See, I, I made up the term i didn't make up the term showrunner but when people asked me i was like i don't know what to call myself yeah. so i'm just gonna be showrunner sounds good sure, sounds like I'm a,
5: that sounds good yeah
0: uh, but you went to ric and you studied uh film and animation you said in creative yep. writing yep um that obviously translates pretty pretty straightforward over did you always want to do something in the journalism field? that you always want to be involved in this kind of this kind of profession? Yeah,
5: um, not really. I mean, I went really? to school thinking film was the way and I actually yeah. did some, some TV work and stuff in, really? in Los Angeles after graduation but we, I really got into it just by going to um, a meeting for the, they have a weekly um, 32 page color student produced, sure. there was no faculty involved magazine and mm-hmm. uh, really kind of fell in love with it. Through that I um, started going to meetings writing and, you know, mm-hmm. getting feedback and critiques we did it was a really tight-knit group so that kind of kicked off the whole journalism thing it was just an awesome group of
0: people do you still have like um like pangs for film though does it hang around sometimes like
5: um you know (laughs) it's it's uh, parts of it yeah i mean i think that's kind of where news is going it's becoming more and more visual Mm -hmm. and there's i mean even if you look at even like the new york times los angeles times i mean they're 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 Mm. They do these poll quotes on their yeah. social media accounts that are pictures with the quote. Yeah. you know. So everything's becoming more visual. So you get to use some of that.
0: It's funny. I was uh, This is a little off topic, but it got me thinking about it. Uh, I happened to listen to uh, the Brett Easton Ellis podcast a couple of days ago. I'm a big nerd for Brett Easton Ellis. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote American Psycho and Less Than Zero and all those things. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, he had I Kanye
5: mean, yeah, on. He does his first one. Well,
0: he had um, Quentin Tarantino on okay. um, This week. Um, and really, one of the more pretentious interviews I've ever heard. About. I like both of those guys a lot, but it's like, okay, guys, I get it. But they actually made an interesting point of how, in this country today, we talk a lot about how it's a golden age of television. And they were sort of arguing the point that even in the golden age of television, television is a completely different medium than film. Because in film, it has that length that allows the camera to sort of become another character. You can really position... Like, you can't watch Good and the Bad and the Ugly as a TV series because it loses the whole impact of the sweeping vistas and the the scenery. I don't know. I I always Mm -hmm. think about that with film. And I think film in general is a very fascinating subject to me. I've always, like...
5: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, where, like, all this, like, Netflix resurgence with all these original series kind of brings it back to that. You You know, know? I
0: gotta tell you, I like most of them, too. Like, as much as I would sit here and be like, uh, oh, I don't know, it just seems like mediocre television... I like House of Cards. Mm-hmm. I'm really into that Jessica Jones show. Mm-hmm. Maybe because Kristen Ritter's in it. I have no concerns about it. Yeah. She's great. Um, have you
5: seen Bloodline?
0: Uh, you know, everyone talks about Bloodline, and I haven't oh, watched God. it. That's uh, that's Kyle Chandler? Or the guy from... Uh, uh, it's the guy from... There's Brandon a lot House, of right? people
5: in it. I, I don't know Kyle Chandler's name. I don't know, know if it's the guy. Maybe
0: I haven't made it up. It, no, know. it could be. It could
5: very well be. Um, <laughs> um, you'll, it's um, the girl from Freaks and Geeks is in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kinda, so yeah good
0: uh, we've got, uh, Yeah, no it's good. good so following uh following your time at RIT before you came back you spent some time in LA with your wife yep
5: oh. yeah we were there three years um, three years yep nice yep um we both she worked for good magazine uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the national magazine promoting good stuff good things <laughs> yeah kind of like what you um you know uh you guys do, but uh, on a national scale. Yeah. Um, and then I did. I was kind of all over the place doing TV. Mm.
0: You were working in doc, play,
5: yeah. yeah, like docu style TV oh, stuff. Nice. Um, and then getting in back into journalism, a couple papers there, and then a music site. Um, mm, nice. that, yeah.
0: So you've been all over the place, man. You've doing a, a lot bit, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I always hear about uh, the West Coast uh, from people who've been there and people who haven't been there. So take this for what it is. Yeah is if you're born on the East Coast or if you live predominantly on the East Coast your whole life and then you go out to the West Coast, it's a strange transition because the personality of the entire like population of people there is completely yeah. different. Did you notice a difference? In- yeah,
5: definitely. I, I think you definitely miss a lot of the East Coast. I mean, the East Coast is just older, you know. It's more established and uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a different culture in terms of the personalities you meet. I've always sensed a
0: lot of cynicism on the East Coast and I don't know, Maybe it's just me, or maybe it was just New York City, but, like, could people be. in general, like, my, my buddies from New York would all go to L.A., and they would immediately be like, these people don't get
5: it. Yeah. I'm like, how do you, what do you know about that? How do you know? You've met these people for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, they, they, they could have a point, though. They yeah. might not get it in L.A. Do you miss L.A. at all, though? Like, do you miss Um, LA? there's aspects of it. I mean, everyone complains about the traffic and everything. Yeah, uh, It's, uh, we, I mean, everyone, family-wise, is is here. Everyone's out here, so that, that's nice that, that we're here now, um. But yeah, certain things you missed, sure. So you
0: spent three years in L.A., which means you probably came back about two thousand nine, two thousand ten. You were coming back. Ah,
5: uh, yeah, maybe around there. I'm trying to like
0: uh, trying to it's hard to, to pick, calculate yeah. it because we
5: because there we, I didn't go right after college, or we didn't go right after college. There was a little bit of time where sure. we were still local, sure. just doing jobs.
0: So you so you're with the Courier for a while, for two years you said before it changed over to the Signal. Uh yes, now, you so owned it for two years them. before yes. it changed over yes. to yes. The Signal. What was the biggest change you wanted to make? Like, Did you look at the courier and say, all right, I can see what I want to keep here and I see what we want to change? Was there like a good vision to what you were moving to?
5: Yeah, you know, what what um, kind of inspired us or influenced us, we were looking at a lot of, you know, because we were, we were looking at a lot of things, like creatively the stories we wanted to tell mm. um, and everything and just trying to find a, a business model that worked in this day and age. Yeah. Um, so we... And at the same time, we were starting to get into all these national um, newsletters, like mm-hmm. the Skim. And then we we heard on the radio Lena Dunham was talking about hers that she was yeah, gonna yeah. be launching. Um, so we were like, well, we could do something like that here. So what, what we started, to, you know, we we were already kind of fans of these sure. national, popular newsletters. So sure. kind of started, we kind of based what we were gonna do on what was working already on a bigger scale, and then kind of scaled it down for let's do all. Central New York um, yeah.
0: content. It's funny, when I when we started doing this show, uh, the show came from a joke, like a, a sidebar joke that I made with a friend of mine when I was telling him I was moving from New York back to Utica. And he said, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I'm just going to start the Cast and do the podcast game down here. And he said, that's a terrible name. And I said, no, it's kind of funny. Uh, but now, in hindsight, that we've done the show for 25 episodes, I like the name. It almost seems non-inclusive because I get a lot of people who be like, hey, you know, I live in Rome or I live in Oneida or whatever. And we still listen to the show. It's not just a Utica show. I'm like, well it's kind of too late for me now to change yeah. the name of it. But <laughs> oh, I know mean, that's I mean, where you're yeah. based out of. Yeah. Well it's,
5: it's important, important though to expand that beyond that.
0: And you touched on it a little bit, like we're younger guys, you know, you graduated in oh six. I'm I'm an oh four guy. So we're in the same wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I think especially with the media Today's media, you have to take advantage of the constantly shifting ways that people actually get their words out. I feel sometimes like we're a little bit behind the ball, at least on our end, because I'm still like a Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> like uh I, I just got a periscope, which I'm still sort of confused that yeah. how to use. And I uh, I wonder if like have you made a point to like switch over to a more, like, modern style of promoting yourself? I see you on Twitter all the
5: time. Like, did you guys build up more of a Twitter following when you changed over? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're bigger following altogether in, yeah, a, it was in an any question. aspect. Um, but uh, we were trying to do that within the paper structure. It became too much to try to do the paper and an online presence, mm-hmm. too. That was another factor that we were, you know, <laughs> dealing with. Yeah. Um, but yeah you it's what we kind of see this evolving into eventually is you know we don't really have a website we don't have a presence i mean we don't right. we don't ask because you're then it becomes you're asking people to go out and and find you and, and look at it. and what we're doing now is with our newsletter we're pushing content out to people yeah through their email, where they're already going. And then, you know, where we see this evolving is, well, yeah, we'll probably have a YouTube, a Facebook, Twitter, which we already have, but that's where we're going to be publishing our, our news, because yeah. people are already there. And then the newsletter becomes kind of like a roundup of, a, all right, here's, you know, the day, everything we've done that's that good. day. Yeah.
0: Would you say, so you would say, and just from a noticeable perspective, I don't know how you'd quantify this, would you say that since the changes happened from going to the courier to the signal, that you, the response has been positive? Have people been, have people been promoting it do you feel like there's more present like more coverage now because I don't remember much about the Clinton courier but I do see you guys like, um, all over the media
5: yeah I mean it's I think it's mixed I think people I mean the that was a, the Clinton courier was such an institution mm-hmm. and it was such a part of the fabric of that community uh, so people were certainly sad to see it go we saw a True. lot of uh, people that were upset but they definitely understood it we were pretty pretty open door about how, why you know our decision process we weren't just like oh here, here we go uh, yeah. so people definitely understood where we were coming from everyone was upset we were kind of sad to see it go too I mean, to be the people to let it go um, but uh, so and then there's people that just really like the, the new format the, the because it's it makes sense for the way people are consuming media yeah. now so you've been doing
0: this I guess a little more than two years now. How's it? Uh, is it starting to become a little easier? Are you getting used to it now, or is it still a struggle every week? <laughs>
5: um. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole new thing because we we're still trying to figure out our our we our day to day schedule because being a weekly paper to a daily newsletter, mm-hmm. we we try to do like one story feature a day. So just trying to sort that out and make it make sense for our schedules. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think it's going all right. We're kind of getting our groove. We kind of have to redo it. <laughs> We're yes. kind of starting from scratch now. But um, yeah,
0: let me ask you this: uh, It's tough when you're in these kind of things. I always like I'm a writer, or I I perceive myself as a writer. Um, do you feel like this, like there is this creativity in you? Like if it wasn't for the signal, you'd have to have something else to get this, like this voice inside you. Is there that like? Is it that drive to create that i notice noticed a lot of people who do the things like this have? you felt that over your life? Is it constant? Yeah,
5: I mean, I was always doing something. I was always trying to uh, get my voice out there, mm-hmm. you know, in, back in college. Yeah. But I think that's what drew me to the student magazine there. Uh, I had a radio show. I mean, mm-hmm. like, kind of stuff like that. Um you know doing side stuff just for myself um, yeah. so i think so i think i would always be whether it was our own thing or working for other people i've always been drawn to okay. you know trying to yeah. be heard
0: <laughs> did you have any uh, like inspiration as like, a journalist or or wanting to be like a writer in that way like who who inspires you to get into like this creative thing
5: um you know i i think i got inspired after i started doing it um mm. i think the first my first experience of like getting excited about it was when i wrote something and um got a positive feedback and that yeah, yeah. Really kind of started you know <laughs> everything um you know every probably every journalist cites hunter thompson yeah <laughs> hunter thompson um i think he was good just because he you know he, he was he put himself in the stories i really like stories that are about the people you know mm-hmm. any anything on npr it's it's always human oh, yeah, focus right. You know, that's what we try to do is, you know, try to look beyond the headline, try to look at the people this affects the people, the the, the people behind the story. So anything that's like that, that's really going into the lives of people and kind of, that's what people connect to. It seems to me there's always been like a fine line. I I was a history major in college
0: and I did a lot of like historical research primarily as one of my major topics and I was forced to do a lot of this analytical writing, this very dry analytical writing and there's somewhere in between like the analytical fact-based writing and the narrative storytelling writing i think there exists a middle ground that some people that it's like a perfect middle ground that's not easy to achieve and i always think for me that's always sort of been like the goal right you want to you want to tell people facts but you also want to entertain people because no one wants to just hear dry facts i think it's a strange dichotomy to sort of bounce back and forth yeah
5: definitely i think it just comes with doing it for a long time (laughs) Um and just I mean, I'm still learning it and trying to I mean, you never know what's gonna what people are gonna respond to and, and like, you know, you might think something's really good and no one really responds to it and then you do something and then something Are there any particular features
0: you guys have been doing that that you're real particularly proud of that you like to promote Way.
5: Um I think our we do a weekly Q QA um yeah, seen that's, that. that's that's yeah, pretty really popular. Good. We do it every it actually kinda coincides with you guys. Uh <laughs> it it's randomly comes out every Tuesday. Hmm. Um it, it's just kind of like a trans, transcript transcriptive a conversation. People really like that because I think it's loose and it's easy to, yeah. you know, because we're very conscious of, like, how people are reading emails, too, oh, yeah. in terms of, you know, they want to scroll through it fast. Um, if something's a, we're kind of trying to figure out how to handle things that are a little bit of a bigger bite or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of
0: internal dialogue about that, too, because initially when we started the show, we said, oh, you got to do it less than an hour because, especially in this region, not a lot of mass transit, not a, lot of, not a lot of public transit where people are have free time to sit around before they go to work. It's a lot of car stuff. Mm-hmm. Hard people com- to commit to like an hour and a half podcast in the car every week or whatever if you got 10 other podcasts you're listening to. But also sometimes we'll do the show and we'll just keep going and I'll get on some segment that we like and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, we're way, way longer than yeah. I planned. That's the joy of being... Uh, rebel broadcasting and we can do whatever we want yeah
4: um
0: john i really appreciate you coming in yeah uh, sure. and i really appreciate all the excellent swag yeah, i'm sure. at to promote here um but i do want to ask you before we go this is a question that i forget to ask people a lot of times on the show because i get all excited but uh one of our recurring questions john howard
5: yeah <laughs> if you had to describe yourself who are you <coughs> Um, who am I as a person, or who is the, what is the signal? Who are you as a person, John? Oh, boy. Uh, I guess I'm, uh, you know, I guess I'm a storyteller.
0: That's a good (laughs) Uh, answer.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I like to tell stories, no matter which way, you know, in one way or another, I guess. Um, so. Well, that's
0: why we asked you here, because that's what we do here in the UDcast. We tell stories. You can get at, uh, John and his wife at The Signal on Twitter at WeAreTheSignal. Uh, and where else can people get a hold of you besides Twitter because that's why uh, Facebook
5: my... everything's, everything any social media at we are the signal basically all right. um, search for us on Facebook I think it's facebook.com slash we are the signal so anywhere we are the signal
1: well, we are the it. signal
5: John I appreciate it thank <laughs> you so much yeah, thank you and, uh, and we'll be back to the show in just a moment it's
4: Christmas time again it's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all year I'm growing tired of all
0: Was great, it's really super cool. He brought us those t shirts, which we didn't talk about. He either. did,
1: the signal t shirts are really nice, too. That was, the, I think, that's the first person who's come on the show that's brought us a gift, yeah, free swag. Was For really the most part, nice from know. the reason, no, I mean, we've got like some tickets and stuff and things like that, but we gave those away. This is the first time somebody brought us, like, hey, what size t shirts do you guys want? I was like, oh, some we're gonna oh. keep. Very generous, and since it is the Christmas episode and we're speaking about generosity, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, and let's talk about uh, the Operation Unicast, which uh, just finished up last week, as we mentioned.
0: $301, and guys, great work. Y'all did great work. Not all of you did the great work that one Mark Simon did, however. Mark donated a whopping
1: $41. $41. And so you were tied for the top, top, top donor. You and my brother are tied, and yes. we said that whoever the highest donor was gets to come on the show. Yes.
3: Uh, well, I was I was considering, you know, just one upping Andy and, <laughs> and, and and finally having a victory over Andy and something because uh, it doesn't happen often. Um, it's true. But then I, I figured, you know, it's not about being better. It's I, I figured that it would be a good show with me and Andy together. So I, I decided funny. to go with the go with the tie and have us both. Uh,
0: Andy. Andy unfortunately is not here for tonight's show because he is—he's. I know it's a. We have to swing
1: it back around. We bring him on.
0: Um, but let's talk. Uh, let's talk with you for a second. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mark Simon, you are the man behind Dirty Jerz Images. That is me, the the one and only. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to get a hold of you?
3: Uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram—all Dirty Jerz Images, J E R Z, Jerz, Jerz mm. and just Dirty and Images. Dirty sides of those. <laughs> <laughs> Just dirty um, images. Yes.
0: <laughs> and now, uh, Mark, you are of a different persuasion yes. than me and Kevin. Me and Kevin celebrate Christmas. You celebrate Chanukah.
3: Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> well, if, if you <laughs> want to get real technical with it, it's Chanukah. Chanukah? Um, but, yeah, actually, uh, I, I I celebrate both Christmas and
1: Hanukkah. Oh, nice. So you do both. That's yes. good. Yeah, yes. see, that's a best of both worlds situation yeah. right there.
3: Yeah, and it's, it, it is a result of, of my parents being divorced and also okay. them giving me the respect to kind of choose my path, and mm-hmm. I haven't have really gone one way or another.
1: Right. I, I We were laughing about that earlier. We were saying the same. was talking about how it's different. Like, once your parents get divorced for Christmas, <laughs> then Christmas becomes, like, this weird, like, Cold War, arms race yeah. and everything like that. And,
3: and, and even more ironically is, is that my parents, uh, my stepmom, my, my dad's new wife is Christian also, mm. so we'd have Christian, Christmas and Hanukkah at my dad's house and, and Christmas at my mom's
1: house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing dad being like, honey, listen, I need you to be with me on this. We're at war here. This is a religious war, so I need you to convert to the tribe, if only for Hanukkah. Um,
3: do you have any memories of like celebrating Hanukkah though, growing up? Like, did you Absolutely. You... Absolutely. Um, it, it was always, always with my dad. Um, you know, doing the Hebrew prayer over the candles and, you know, spinning the there dreidel like, and... For know.
1: Hanukkah, is there, like, one big... Because, like, everybody feels like Christmas is a like Christmas Eve or Christmas. Everybody has, like, the big family get-together. Is there, like, a Hanukkah finale or anything? Or is it just, like, pretty even-handed for the eight days?
3: Um, it depends on, on your family traditions. Like, okay. my, my family, like, my dad is, is definitely Jewish, but he's not, like... Go to temple and right, every right, Sabbath, right, yeah. like observe the Sabbath, like he yeah. observes the holidays, and that's about it. So we don't go like casual really crazy. Yeah, we never we, we, <laughs> yeah. Do it casual. it's some kind of do with your spare time. I buy the a menorah, but I'm
1: busy on the Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
3: it goes in the box. It comes out once a year. You put it back in the box. It Goes back in the in the attic. So yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't anything super major, but it's something that we always kind of thought about and talked about. You know, Passover, Yom Kippur, things like that. We we always at least observe them.
0: Um, we had, when I was working in New York at Carmine's, Carmine's really decorates pretty intensely for Christmas. Like, lights everywhere. It's really, really cool in there. But New York City specifically, they're very touchy on the subject of being exclusionary toward like holiday stuff. So, Carmine's had what I amounted to when looked at me like it was a passive-aggressive menorah. There was was just all this Christmas magic and then just like right in front of the checkout counter there was this one like neon gold menorah and it was like, and I was like, this is the only piece of Hanukkah paraphernalia. I was like,
3: this is kind of an underhanded joke, right? Like, we're not, like, we're doing this because this has got to be mean, right? Like It's like the Chinese restaurant that has like the same one from 1986 where you just like screw in the one light bulb for each day and and they're orange and Um very strange
0: now if you total autonomy let's say you were having a you're having a kid and you're gonna raise a family and you want to celebrate a holiday are you going with Christmas or are you um, going with Hanukkah?
3: I I'm a firm believer of of both, both? Um, you you know, both? my fiance is uh, is is Catholic um, so there's definitely a, a big difference between so you're not getting 18, you're not getting rid of that No, so <laughs> that, 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 that's definitely not not something that's gonna get rid of so I, I'm a firm believer that there's a hundred percent Positive to observing and learning about both.
1: And we were talking about earlier on the show, too, where, you know, the whole point of Christmas, regardless if you want to throw a religious thing on it, if you want to throw, you know, it's a commercialized holiday, it's this and a lot of other things. At the end of the day, the Christmas season, the holiday season, whatever you want to call it, is just about, like, everybody, you and your family and your friends all getting together and just, you know, taking some time to be with the people you love when you have them and just, you know, spend good times with them make sure everybody knows how much they're cared for and everything. And I think that tradition specifically about the holiday season transcends no matter what, you know, religion, race, or creed or anything like that that you want. I think that's the inarguable holiday spirit, we'll say, that, you know, transcends no no matter whether you teach them menorah, you teach them Christmas tree, you teach them midnight mass. At the end of the day, it's about, hey, look, we're going to go see your grandparents, Mm -hmm. your aunt and uncles are coming over, and your cousins are going to come play, and everybody's just going to have dinner, and we're going to laugh, we're going to have a great time. That's what it is. I
0: feel like if you get married to somebody and they celebrate a different one, right? If I married someone, she was... Uh, I feel Jewish. like you game a holiday. Uh, yeah. I say that you you go with an alternate third holiday, right? Like, you should just be like, from now on, we celebrate Festivus in this house. <laughs> because there's no <laughs> way we I'm, can agree.
3: I'm okay with it. I mean, if, if I could do Christmas, Hanukkah, and Festivus all, like, in, in one shot, it would be... I'd, I'd be okay with it.
1: Yeah, right? Not bad. It'd just t- take out, like, three weeks in December. We're like, well, it's the holidays. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Were there any good, like... This is going to sound... Maybe it sounds me. So Were there, like, Monica movies? Um... There, like, Eight Crazy Nights,
3: that Adam Sandler movie is... That's about. about it. Is that it, right? Not that I can really think of. Like, I, I guess I have not really ever been super in touch with... Jewish culture, I guess. Right? <laughs> yeah, because Jewish delicate. culture is basically any Hollywood comedy movie. And Fiddler that's, yeah, that's Yeah, that's that's Jewish media culture. It's just funny people doing awesome things for well, me. Also, every movie is kind of like that. It's, yeah. You know,
0: but, I mean, pretty much, yeah. they all the writers.
3: Um, no, it's it's, it's weird because I always remember
0: as a kid, I had a couple friends who were Jewish. And I always thought to myself, I was jealous like, at a point in time, because I was like, how they get presents on eight nights in a row? That's, that's crazy. And then my Come one... Asia. I'm getting trained to that team immediately. My one, my one Jewish friend was like, yeah, but hang on, because I got socks for day one. That was, <laughs> the, that was, like, that was <laughs> gift number one. And I was like, oh, okay, I see how this goes. Like, you build up yeah. like Day 8 is your PlayStation 4, but you got to suffer through, like, crew neck sweater, socks, <laughs> notebook. You're really hating the crew neck sweater. I'm stuff. not a fan. It's a terrible cri- – don't buy anyone you love a crew neck sweater for any holiday. It's a boring gift. It's, it's, it's a- always
3: it's always gifts that, like, your parents are convinced that you need. Like, you need new pairs of underwear. You need new socks. You need new under T-shirts. And Okay, here's one thing that you want. It's always a lot of stuff you don't really want, but you always kind of need. What
1: you, get, what you get at Christmas, anyway, but, like, on Christmas morning, you know, your, your socks, your underwear, the stuff that you don't think you need, but realistically, when you're some, you know, unrelenting 13 year old savage, you probably need like new gear like that, you don't even think about it. But it's offset because of the good presents are there too, so you almost forget about the socks.
0: Yeah. See, now I get like resentful when somebody gives me. I did, I did Amazon Prime this year for all my clothing. My mom said, Do you want clothes? And I said, I put stuff on Amazon Prime. You want to buy me some clothes? Buy me any of these items, right? In these specific sizes and colors. Um, but like, if someone buys me something that I didn't like give them like prerequisite to buy. I
1: judge them. I'm like, do you really think I would have worn this? Like, what about this <laughs> item, sir, my makes new... me think that I would have worn this graphic T-shirt? My new holiday tradition is specifically to buy you nothing but clothes from now on, oh, like, <laughs> for the rest of my life. Oh. And I'm not going to be kind when I do it. My
3: mom loves to buy me really expensive designer clothes that I feel really uncomfortable wearing because mm. in my regular life, I just am an absolute slob at times. So, <laughs> like, she'll buy me, like, a $150 Tommy Hilfiger sweater, which I know, like... Is not really it's, not, it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not.
1: It's And not even the like. It's not. It's not your personal brand. It's not your personal style. It's not right. something you would right. wear. And you're like, oh, this is so nice, you know. You get this nice clothing gift. You're like, it's so kind of you to think of me, but holy shit, this is going to the bottom of the closet, <laughs> right? Yeah, like that Lucky Brand zip up with the
0: dragon wrapped around the knife as a back logo. I got.
1: I remember like, one yeah. year, one year for Christmas, I got my. I've I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. I never read the books. Never really did anything. And my dad, and you know, God bless him, because the tag on it said Hot Topic. So my father walked into Hot Topic in like 2002 one time. And uh, <laughs> that must be for, I would, yeah. the I would train. pay money. Totally I would pay money to get into to get into the time machine and see my dad in Hot Topic at the mall. But um in 2002, he got me this like he got me this Harry Potter shirt that just said Seeker, and I knew it was Harry Potter because it said it on the tag. And I was just like, it was the most bizarre thing. I'm like, I wish I could see the thought process where you're like, stop drilling, we've struck oil. This is the shirt. <laughs> salesman, ring it up. Well, maybe he didn't know it was a Harry Potter reference. He just had
0: this opinion of you like, he's a seeker this one. You know actually I actually, I just
1: decided this just now. Maybe it's because he liked The Who a lot and they have a song called The Seeker. Maybe yeah. that's what happened. That's a pretty good that's one. Go with that. That literally good. just popped into my head. I've been thinking about this shirt for 10 sounds years. Sounds pretty solid. Yeah. I'll take it.
0: Well, uh, since there are no real Christmas or uh, Hanukkah movies of merit besides Eight Crazy Nights, we're going to have to do these special holiday over-unders on primarily Christmas movies. That's fine.
1: All right, so... And I know... Eight, I've, been, I've, been,
3: I've been forced into watching a lot of Hollywood.
1: Uh, Eight Crazy Christmas Nights Christmas. is underrated, though. It was much better than I expected it to be. I don't it. I don't trust Adam Sandler much anymore. It was nice. It was nice. It's definitely sort of a Christmassy <laughs> schlockfest, but... <laughs> I think before we jump into the over-unders, I would like uh, all the listeners to know that... Um, Right now, Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson, although he's not on the show, has not left the studio. He's pacing around with a MetLife Charlie Brown jersey pulled over his Santa costume, walking circles around the studio. (laughs) This is the perfect time for the grand reveal. Oh, no. He's taking off his clothes.
0: Oh, he's got a Charlie Brown Christmas t-shirt on. What do you know? You're, like, layered up. This guy over here. Get out of my house.
3: (laughs)
1: You're you're never coming back on the show. Um... Uh, yeah, full Christmas. Mark, <laughs> if, we, if, if we throw Justin off, will you come and be Justin's replacement? Absolutely. See, Absolutely, I'll be here. Until That's Aaron how comes. No I'll be here. Keep him, Keep him he says. <laughs> All right, so
0: let's move on. Uh, first over-under, the quintessential, in my opinion, holiday classic, It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart. Overrated,
1: underrated. Kevin, go ahead. I, You know what? I'm interested to see how many people still know what It's a Wonderful Life is. Um, I'm partial. I was the stage manager for uh, Notre Dame High School production of It's a Wonderful Life, and I was in, like, 10th grade, and that was a really cool experience. And my parents watched it a lot and everything. It's a Wonderful Life is where I read something really interesting about that movie this week because they're talking about, you know, different stuff and, you know, because it's Christmas. The only reason that movie is considered a holiday tradition, I mean, it's set at Christmas time and whatever, but it's not like a Christmas movie like, you know, Santa or whatever. Um, in the 70s, that movie accidentally fell into public domain. And so, you know, I accidentally let the right slip, so TV stations are like, oh, we can play this for free. We're going to play it like crazy. And so it was always on, and now it's a tradition because people get used to it. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is an old movie, and it's in black and white. And it's a different style than a lot of people, a lot of movies that there are today. I feel like everybody should watch It's a Wonderful Life once in their life, and I feel like Christmas time is a great time to do it. And if you want to watch it again the next year, you're probably not wrong. That's my take.
3: I have not seen that movie since I was about... Seven, mm-hmm. and that's really all I know about I feel like is that that not, I've
1: like, seen it. I don't remember much about it. you have no it? interest in seeing it again.
3: Was, I'm not, like, if it's on, I'll watch it. Well, that I'm was my goal, thing. like, when, you know, if, if, if something else is going on, I'll do that.
1: And, uh, when I'll Sam see was see telling me some of the over-unders, I'm like, do people even <laughs> still know It's a Wonderful Life? I, a I have Hulu. What do you mean? <laughs> I
0: watched It's a Wonderful Life as an adult not too long ago, and one of the things you notice about that movie is up until the last ten minutes, it is an it is a downer. It is a really yeah. hard, stressful movie to watch. And Jimmy Stewart is a great actor. I, I really like Jimmy Stewart, Yeah, he's actually. so good. He's one good. of my favorite characters in any film of all time. He's so good in that movie. And he really carries what is a really unrelentingly downer movie.
1: Uh, but really, just the last ten minutes really do give you the Christmas feel. So if you've mm-hmm. never actually seen it... I would like to take an over-under on how many of the following over-under movies are obscure throwback black-and-white films for Sam's uh, credit. The last. That was the <laughs> uh, That's
3: my over-under.
1: Uh, I'm definitely taking the over. It's under this week. <laughs> All right, so let's
0: move on uh, to the next one, which is a much more modern, I think a modern Christmas classic. Elf, starring Will Ferrell. Overrated, underrated.
3: There are very few things, in my opinion, that Will Ferrell does wrong in any way, shape, or form, and I'm going to go with underrated just because he is, like, the master of our generation. I I love Will Ferrell. I think Will Ferrell is one of the funniest people in the world.
1: I am so so glad that that's your hot take because I say drastically overrated, just like most of Will Ferrell's career. He's coasting high on a couple... Bang, bright bang. spots when he's bright he burns like the sun there's no question some of his top of stuff like anchor man stuff like even step brothers for me almost nobody does comedy better than some great great As movies but god he puts out a lot of trash elf you know elf is like people i feel like the first half of elf is so funny and it's so good and like james conn is killing it and he plays such a good character but in the end, when they start to get to like the heartwarming, like off the wall reunion, start they sort of lose me. Anytime I see Elf on TV, I watch the first half. I'm like, oh, this movie's a little bit underrated." I get to the end, I'm just like, "Overrated." Don't turn it off. <laughs> Elf is like a new holiday classic, though. People watch yeah, it scor- every year. Now. Scorching hot take: Elf is the best holiday movie that we've made in
0: twenty years. It's it's definitely the best Christmas. Years. Yes. People uh-huh.
3: quote that yeah. movie like crazy.
0: That movie is so funny, and everyone can watch it. The kids, my niece and Does nephew Does that count out Arnold parents.
1: Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold and Jingle All the Way? I like Jingle All the Way a lot more than my
0: niece and nephew. I don't. I was just kidding. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, um, I, I'm saying, but I like that movie from a, like, oh, it's a train wreck. Jingle All the Way. Ah, Jingle All the Way. I get it. But, <laughs> like, Elf <laughs> is a movie that you can put on for my grandmother or my nephews, and they will laugh evenly through the movie. It's... That's Zoe. De, Zoe Deschanel is... So good. It's dude. so weird. Like
1: I don't normally say. In retrospect, like she's become such a thing, but she's got that blonde hair, and you almost wouldn't recognize it. Nope. She doesn't have the bangs, the glasses, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing going on. <laughs> Dramatically just, underrated movie. Yeah, no, Elf is, I, I wonder, I'm trying to think now about movies, Christmas movies with staying power that have come out in the last 20 or so years. I feel like there's got to be some, but I don't really know. No. Well, that's the only truly modern one I have. Let's move on to one
0: that I think uh, people haven't seen the best version of. National Lampoon's Christmas
3: Vacation overrated, underrated Mark Simon. I spent about half an hour scouring Netflix and any other service I could find that would stream to my TV, and I couldn't find a quality copy of this movie. I was incredibly disappointed. You've never seen it before? No, I've seen it plenty uh, of times, and I will watch it again and again and again. I, oh, It's tough if it's underrated over it. I think it's underrated.
1: Underrated, right? I
3: do. Only because I feel like saying it's overrated, saying that it doesn't deserve the,
1: the movie. Podcast. The movie is so highly rated, and it's it's truly one of the modern Christmas classics. I watched it with like my parents when I was a kid, and cracking up. I watched it last year. I'm going to watch it again this year, and I die laughing every time. Me and my brother run off lines from like cousin cousin Eddie in the middle of July, just out of nowhere <laughs> from that movie. Um, it's rated so highly. That I think that it's still underrated, because keep going. Like, that's the only movie that I have to see every year at Christmas. It's the only one on my list that I must watch one time. I think it's underrated, too, but for a different
0: reason. I think most people's exposure today to this movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, is the version you see on ABC Family, or you see it on basic cable. Do yourself a favor. This is a
1: great point where you're going. I see what you're doing. Do yourself a favor. Find
0: an older, uncut theatrical version of this movie where it's for a little bit edgier, it has a little more of that. Yeah, natural, find, like...
1: find, find it where it's not cut for TV where they can, like, swear and do things because it's, there's a lot of jokes that do get cut out on TV yeah, stuff that you forget. Yeah. Like, even just simple stuff, like, you know, we try to make a point not to swear in the show, but it's Christmas and nobody's listening. We're be, like, six hours into this episode. <laughs> um, I, we said it was going to be for Christmas, but, like, even just, like, the line that gets cut out on TV when Cousin Eddie's standing out in front of his trailer emptying it empty and like the latrine and he was like shit is shit is full and he just yells I saw a kid at SantaCon with just a shit is full t-shirt on and I told him like every beer you get for the rest of the day is on me don't pay any money in this place for a
0: beer my favorite scene that they cut out all the time is when he the, all the businessmen are walking past him and he's saying Merry Christmas to all of them and as they get farther away from the boss he's saying meaner things he's like Merry Christmas Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy (laughs) Like It's just like
5: it's really,
3: it's so good. Uh, Underrated. Underrated.
0: Underrated. All right, this one's going to be controversial. Overrated. Underrated. uh, The Christmas Standard. A Christmas Story.
1: Overrated. So we got two claps out of that Christmas story. Didn't I, didn't, I
3: didn't know that was gonna. be That's why.
1: That's, that's a why you set something. the plate. You hear the overrated. You know the claps are coming. Here's my thing with Christmas story. It's okay. It's not bad. I enjoyed it a little bit when I was a kid. Like that was fun or whatever playing it for a 24-hour cycle yeah. on TV. Stop shoving it down. Stop shoving my nostalgia down my throat. <laughs> Let me decide what I'm nostalgic about yeah. for my past. It's a pretty good movie, but oh my God, at this point, I don't care if I see a Christmas story during Christmas. I don't care if I ever see it again. I get it. Yeah, if might be Italian, get out of here. Overrated.
3: Your points are essentially the same as mine, so yeah, overrated. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas story is overrated unless in one scenario, and I'll give you one
0: scenario, only for me because, as I mentioned, we've all been... This movie has been hammered down our throat for the better part of almost two decades now, right? Absolutely. There are still people like my niece and nephew who have never really seen Christmas Story, so there's going to be a point in time when they're going to see it for the first time, and for them, it's when going to be massively the, when underrated. When did that
1: movie come out?
0: Oh, I don't know. It came out in the 70s, but it's set in the 50s, I want to say. Like, it's it's, it's set in a,
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
0: it came out in the mid-70s, and I think it was set...
1: 20 years before that. Was it the mid-70s? I feel like it might even be Earlier new. 70s? I'm not uh, sure. I feel like it might be. We'll, I, I want to look that up, up while we're doing this because the one thing that I give to a Christmas story is it's kind of like an out-of-nowhere movie <laughs> for the fact that it doesn't really have anybody um, in it. Like For what they made at that time, it has lasted very well and it's crazy how people consider it a tradition but for my money, no thanks. Um, we have two more over-unders and we'll do them real quick but I want to make a point to uh, someone
0: who is responding to us on Twitter asking if I was going to talk about Die Hard. It was Ryan is Sweet, is that his name? I I want to tell Ryan, yeah, go ahead. All right, look, Die Hard is not really a Christmas movie. Die Hard falls in that category of movies that take place around or near Christmas but aren't really centered around the holiday of Christmas as part of the story. That being said... Die Hard is the best Christmas movie by far because Die Hard is an amazing film.
1: I want Ryan Sweet to know that Sam has been the only thing he knew for sure about the Christmas episode was that he was going to talk about how much he loved Die Hard as a Christmas movie. And he said to me, yo, before we start taping, tweet out real quick, let's get some last-minute mailbags from people. Ryan Sweet, you were the first person to come back and you were like, yeah, favorite Christmas movie, as long as it's not Die Hard. And I, watched, <laughs> and I watched Sam's Christmas dreams crumble in front of him. And Ryan Sweet, you made my holiday. So Ryan Sweet, thank you very much. That was an amazing right. moment. Job well done. Come on, just for that one scene where
0: he sends that, the, dead, uh, the dead terrorist down in the elevator with the writing on his thing, it's like, I have a gun now. Ho, ho, ho. That's amazing. Come on. That's funny yeah. stuff.
1: It's something. I, I want to say real quick before we move to the next one. Um, a Christmas Story came out in 1983. 83? 80. That's really? what I said. I thought it was later, man. Huh. That's the thing. Like, for these people, well, I know. mean, for these people to just drop some movie in 1983 that's become, so I was born in 85. Like, that's not like an old, yeah. the way, like, It's a Wonderful Life is an old movie. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, old movies. That just, out of nowhere. And it's become tradition whether you like it or not. Yeah.
0: Standard classic here. The only animated movie we have on our list this month. Uh, Why can't I think of what this is going to be? Overrated or underrated. How the, the Grinch, Grinch. Stole oh. Christmas. Kevin, you seem like you have a take here on this. I just,
1: I'm just, i mad at myself because you said animated, and I'm sitting here, and maybe because we're talking about Eight Crazy Nights, I'm, in my head I'm like, what animated Christmas movies are there? Then the second you said The Grinch, I'm like, oh, the uh, first Christmas movie you ever loved. Yeah, that is the first, that's a great point because you took the words right, the first Christmas movie that mattered to me as a little kid yeah. was The Grinch. People talk about Rudolph, people talk about some of those other Christmas wow. specials they play, but there was nobody like The Grinch for me when I was a kid. You just said Rudolph though, now you got, me. I forgot, totally about Rudolph until you just mentioned you him. told me there were like six movies on the Christmas movie over <laughs> under I'm like I think that's the whole episode oh man <laughs> um, no so like Rudolph I don't really watch I don't care I never saw it as a kid the Grinch the Grinch is awesome the Grinch I can't overrate or underrate something same thing a little bit with Christmas Story I can't overrate or underrate something that's a classic yeah. even just for the song you're a mean one yeah. Mr. Grinch Absolutely. like that song plays on the radio at my work the station that plays Christmas music and every time it comes on I'm like this is kind of my jam wait a minute like I love the Grinch just all Christmas. That being said, live action Jim Carrey version, nah, nah, no nah, way, <laughs> no
0: thanks. I want to say the voice for the Grinch and the narrator in that movie was like a famous, like Boris
1: Karloff. It was, it was one, it was, like it was one hundred and ten percent Boris Karloff. Karloff yeah. Right, yeah, it was Boris Karloff of Frankenstein right. fame, one of the original Universal Studios yeah. movie monsters. The Grinch was going to be the last overrated, underrated. It was going to be the last, and we all seem to think it's pretty
0: underrated still at this point in time, yeah. right? especially in the era of like three D animated films when a classically hand-drawn animated movie like that still resonates. Yes. Yeah. Just uh, But this one, I almost forgot until you brought this up, Kevin. And Mark, I'll let you take the first one on this. Overrated, underrated, new holiday classic,
3: Home Alone. Wow. Uh, Home Alone is probably in my top three favorite holiday movies just because I watched yes. it to yeah. death when I was a kid. VHS wore it out on TV, watching it every time. As an adult, watch it every time.
1: Absolutely underrated. Yeah, dude, say, like, I 100% said Christmas Vacation is the only movie I have to see, the 1A follow up to that. And I was thinking it when I said it. Glad you brought it up. I, dude, I love Home Alone. Mm -hmm. Home Alone was one of the first movies I ever went to see in a theater. Like, it came out, it was like 1990. I was like five. It was the perfect time for me, like, to get started and to grow with it. And it's, you you know, you didn't think about it really as a Christmas movie, even though it was set at Christmas, until you get older. And now, like, when Christmas comes around, I still think about that movie overall. And that movie holds up so well. Like, you can throw in Home Alone right now, and you can show it to any age group. They're going to get the same enjoyment they got. That's the true mark of a classic. My mom tends to think that movie's too violent for kids today. Oh my I, God, I'm just saying. I today, you, I do. Oh oh God, these people. Say today. Why don't we just put the kids today. in bubbles? Why don't we put um, right. them in feeding tubes? No, she's. Um, listen, that, get the kids in the house. I, I have an interesting article that talks <laughs> about what would happen to the actual robbers oh, yeah. at Home Alone if all that stuff really happened. I'm like, yeah, they would have been dead almost immediately. There, <laughs> there is a video. <laughs> they had a doctor go through the yeah. movie on this YouTube video. Yeah. Like, oh no, that's blunt force trauma to the skull. He's got subdural hematoma. He's gone. I think they said it would take.
0: They said it would take 17 and a half Harry's to make it through both Home Alone movies. Uh, (laughs) Think about that ties back into Die Hard. It would only take four John McClane's to make it through the original Die Hard. And one John McClane to make it through Die Hard 2, Die Harder. That's right. That movie is theoretically possible. Just saying. Jesus. So what's your take on Home Alone? Um, I sort of forgot that it's a Christmas movie because I always thought of it as a comedy. It's only but, as an adult that I appreciate the Christmassy vibe to it. Specifically, the rocking around a Christmas tree, Jingle the rocking. Yeah, trailer, that scene to have yourself a very one little one
1: Christmas when Kevin's mom is I coming back I, to him, All of it.
0: Yeah, I guess I don't really,
1: I guess I didn't think about it as much of a Christmas movie for some reason. It, I think it's because of the time we were exposed to it. Like, when you look at it now, the Christmas... Um, is So, like, the whole thing is this boy is so sad because not only does his family leave him behind because they're the worst parents ever, but um, also, like, he's alone on Christmas and he's bummed. Did anybody see that new video on the internet? I can't remember who put it out, but they have Macaulay Culkin starring in this video where, like, he's... It's, like, some, like, short film they made where he picks up this hitchhiker... And as it goes on, you realize that he's Kevin McAllister, all grown up. He's in the car and he's acting real like edgy and like sort of weird and tweaky and violent. He's like, "Yeah, you know, parents left me behind twice. They couldn't think about me. You know, this and that. Of course, my family doesn't care about me. It's amazing. It just oh came out. It, it set the internet right, on the fire it. like three or four days ago. Man. And it was amazing. It was one of those things. Where I'm like, damn, I don't really want to watch Home Alone anymore.
0: Uh, guys, um, do you have anything you want to say? I got a couple things to close up before we close out the show. You,
1: Mark, do you want to promote yourself one more time before we go? Do you want to? Yeah. I'll-
3: like me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Like me on. I got uh, to tell you, you know, do some Quidditch, magic on
1: Instagram. Thank you. I see you put up thank some you. stuff on Instagram. How do you, you? That came out of a camera. Like, what are you even doing?
3: No, like most of the stuff on my phone. Most of the stuff on my Instagram is off my phone. That's what
1: I'm saying. I, yeah. I don't ever make my phone do that. I uh, it, it's
3: I always say it, and if you know me at all, you, you've heard me say this at least once. It's not about the gear you have. It's how you use it. Yeah, and that's, that's just that's learning great. how to use yeah. your phone properly and using all the eight billion different editing apps yeah. that are out there you can you can do some pretty yeah.
1: awesome stuff with the phone I feel like it's like seeing the moment too when you're right there and you're gonna do the thing for my
3: job I, I drive around through the country a lot so I get to see some pretty and I'm up before the sun comes up so I see the sun rise pretty much every day which is cool too Mark uh,
1: thank you so much for everything you did for donating yeah. to the show it was real honor my pleasure to have Lon- you um Um, i'm gonna say real quick before we wrap up you know i want to say merry christmas to everybody really quick and you know thank you so much for everybody who listens to the show i hope everybody has the best holiday in the world and you know something we talk we touch on a little bit sometimes getting older and losing people um really quickly i'm not going to dig into it the utica area lost a great citizen and a great artist this week in chris phelps a lot of people out there have chris phelps's art on their body they've seen it a lot of lives have been touched Um, a guy who is universally revered as one of the nicest people to everybody, whether you're his best friend or somebody he's only met two times, it's a sad thing. And for it to happen around the holidays really makes you, you know, realize if it hasn't been drilled home throughout the rest of the year, you never know how much time you're going to have with people in your life. So please, if you don't ever do it throughout the year, at least during the holidays, please, please take time to show the people that you love, that you love them because you never know when you won't have them anymore. And so, best to everybody's families, everybody having tough times, everybody doing good times. Have a great Christmas. I'm done. I need another Utica Club. Merry Christmas. All right. Uh, guys, Christmas CDs coming
0: out tomorrow. Look in your DMs and messages. I'll be reaching oh, out to everybody CDs who donated. For, uh, for everyone here at the show, Kevin Sullivan, Mark Simon, Justin Parkinson, Aaron Higgins, wherever you are, the lost love of my life. <laughs> um, my name is Sam Pamelaro. We will see you guys next week. There will be a show. Thanks for sticking around for an
3: hour and a half.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, Thank you. Oh, well, anyway.
3: yeah. We're in 12 minutes. So we're on uh, what, 28? 28? Yeah. That's about it. Right. Yeah, All right. So dude,
1: and it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is
4: indeed.